Welcome to the teaching ministry of Magnolia's First. To learn more, visit m1bc.org. Well, it's so great to see each one of you here in the worship center. And I'm going to ask you to bring their lights up just a little bit because I want them to be reading the Word of God in a few moments. Amen. All right, good. That's perfect. And uh, we welcome those of you who are watching online. We are always aware that uh, so many of our church members and friends uh, are not yet comfortable with coming back to a gathering such as this because of your own personal health and situation. We respect that, and we're glad that you are joining us online with the M1 TV. Uh, We are in a sermon series entitled Seasoning. And we're thinking about the seasons, and that's easy to do these days. Uh, It's not hard to recognize that this is fall because uh, the air is cooler and because my yard is covered with leaves. Uh, It's just obvious. And we understand that in climate that these seasons change in a very orderly and predictable order. Uh, We know that uh, winter will come and then spring and then summer and the whole cycle just keeps going and we just know uh, that predictable cyclical change of the seasons. But in the seasons of our lives, uh, that order is not predictable. It's not progressive and cyclical like uh, the climate change seasons are, but there are nonetheless different seasons in our life. Solomon recognized this when he wrote Ecclesiastes chapter 3, which begins with verse 1, for everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. And so we are looking in these four weeks in this series at the different kinds of seasons, paralleling them to the climate seasons Uh, of our lives. And uh, we are looking at Joseph of the Old Testament as kind of our model life. And we're seeing how seasons changed for Joseph. Uh, And if you were with us last week, or you know the story, uh, you know that uh, Joseph as a young man, a teenager, uh, was in his home with a father who loved him more than his other brothers, and uh, we're going to review in just a moment how that kind of didn't go well, and he ended up being sold as a slave. Uh, And and that could have turned into either a continuation of the winter season he had been in, in that there were difficulties that he didn't even realize. It could have been a more intense winter season For him, it could have gotten colder and darker, but instead, for Joseph, it turned into spring. And we're going to see how and why uh, that happened. And there is a a parallel, an application for our lives. It's the big idea for today. I I want it to stick in your mind as we go through this message. Any season of our life can turn to spring if we will bloom where God plants us. And we're going to see that in Joseph's life. He was planted in a very unexpected and undesirable place, but he chose to bloom where God 
planted him. So let's do a little bit of review uh, from last week's message of what happened that got him to the place that we will resume his story uh, today. So go back with me to Genesis 37, and we'll begin with verse 5. And you'll remember that Joseph, favorite son in the midst of jealous and angry brothers. So Genesis 37, 5. One night Joseph had a dream. And when he told his brothers about it, they hated him even more. Listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly my bundle stood up and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. I can just just hear him drawing this out, just beaming, and they're not beaming. His brothers responded, so you think you will be our king, do you? Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams, and don't miss this, and the way he talked about them. Uh, Joseph was not handling well a very difficult, delicate situation. Uh, Joseph was in a blended family, and those of you who have blended families know they have their own challenges. But it was more than just a blended family. Joseph was in a family in which his father had multiple wives. Now, not ex-wives, multiple wives. Uh, Multiple mothers in the same household, under the same roof, at the same time, with brothers from all these different Uh, at least three that we know of, mothers. I mean, he was in uh, the most difficult, complex kind of relationship dynamic that we can imagine. In fact, we can't even wrap our minds around that. None of us, thank the Lord, had that kind of dynamic to deal with. But here's what is true. We all have difficult relationships in our lives, don't we? We all have challenging relationships at the very least to deal with. And navigating difficult relationships requires great care and caution. Sometimes you don't even know where the landmines are. And you need God's wisdom. Joseph needed God's wisdom. And so do we. We looked at this proverb last week. I'll read it again. Proverbs 4 beginning with verse 4. My father taught me, take my words to heart. Follow my commands and you will live. Get wisdom. Develop good judgment. Don't forget my words or turn away from them. We can't overstate the importance of God's wisdom. At any point in our life, some of us are old and gray, and if we have any hair left, it's gray. But you think that we would be wise by this time, but guess what? We still need God's wisdom. We need God's wisdom to navigate the relationships and situations of our life. Here's why God's wisdom is so important. God's wisdom produces good judgment, which leads to better decisions, and fewer regrets. Don't all of us want to make better decisions and have fewer regrets? The only way that happens is with God's wisdom. But at this young stage of Joseph's life, he didn't have much of God's wisdom yet. 
And so his brothers became so angry and bitter at him, they plotted to kill him. And it was only a last-minute pang of conscience, if you remember, that made them decide not to kill him, but to sell him as a slave instead. Genesis thirty-seven twenty-six. Judah said to his brothers, What will we gain by killing our brother? We'd have to cover up the crime. Instead of hurting him, let's sell him to those Ishmaelite traders. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. And his brothers agreed. So when the Ishmaelites, who were Midianite traders, came by, Joseph's brothers pulled him out of the cistern and sold him to them for 20 pieces of silver. And the traders took him to Egypt. I want us to think about this for a moment. Do any of you remember a television miniseries back in the 70s called Roots? You remember that? It was the story of a young African man named Kunta Kinte. And, and he was kidnapped by slave traders who took that young man away from his family and his home and everything he knew, and they brought him to America and sold him as a slave. And that story b- began to play out through that, that miniseries. A- and we couldn't, I remember even back in those days, we couldn't wrap our minds around what it would be like to be kidnapped and sold as a slave. And yet that's exactly what happened to Joseph. Now, Joseph had made mistakes, to be sure. Joseph had lacked wisdom, and most of us did at 17, right? Joseph had lacked wisdom in how he responded to his father's favoritism. He lacked wisdom in how he presented the the very delicate message of his dreams, his prophetic dreams to his brothers. Uh, Joseph had made his share of mistakes, but Joseph didn't deserve what happened to him. Joseph did not deserve to have been sold as a slave, taken away from everything he knew and loved, and sold as a slave in a foreign land. And this could have very easily turned into a continuation of that winter season and made it much darker and much colder. But instead of focusing on the realities that he had been betrayed and exiled, instead of becoming depressed about looking ahead at his life and seeing only slavery, Joseph instead had a remarkable attitude that turned his winter into a spring. And here's the lesson at this point that I do not want us to miss. What happens to us is often beyond our control, but how we respond to it is what makes the difference in our lives. Joseph had no control over what happened to him, but he was in control of how he responded. Genesis 39, verse 1. 
When Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Now, I want us to understand Joseph had a choice here. He had to choose. Will he sink down into despair? Will he wallow in self-pity? Will he moan about the injustice that had been done to him? Would he say day after day, I don't like where I am. I don't want to be where I am. I don't deserve to be where I am. Or he could decide to believe that his God, in spite of everything that had happened to him, had a plan for his life, had a purpose for him, and that God had even allowed it to take place for his purpose. And that's what Joseph chose to do. So verse 2, the Lord was with Joseph, and he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. You know, we look around at what we're going through, and there is much about what we're experiencing that it is very easy to say this is a winter season of our lives. Uh, The pandemic seems to be surging. My son-in-law is a physician in Bryan College Station, and they are just having a surge of the virus there. He's even urged some of his pastor friends to consider closing their churches again because the virus is spreading so fast. Uh, the, the virus is, is just going on. That's what we're living in. I hate wearing a mask. Can I get an amen to that? But you know what? Sometimes it's what you've got to do because that's what we're living in. Uh, many people are not pleased and are troubled by the outcome of the election and what's uh, you know, the aftermath of that and what is the future for us uh, as a nation. There's so much uncertainty there. There's still so much social and, um, and civil unrest. I mean, we just look around and we wonder, when are things going to go back? to like they were before, and the reality is they may never completely go back to like they were before. And then there's what you're dealing with in your personal life. I can say that because that's true of all of us. We're all dealing with something, right? Or maybe several somethings. And so we can easily say this is a winter season of our life. But we, like Joseph, have a decision to make. We can't control our circumstances, but we're in control of our attitude. And so I'm encouraging us from this story today, when you're not where you used to be or where you want to be, decide to bloom anyway. Decide to bloom anyway. That's what Joseph did. And it turned that winter into a spring. And things began to blossom all around him. Look at this, verse 3. Potiphar noticed this, that God was blessing Joseph. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything 
he did. What was it that unlocked this flow of God's blessing upon Joseph? What was it that that enabled him to experience success in everything he did? A change of circumstances? No. His circumstances hadn't changed. But his attitude, his attitude opened the door for God to bless him. When Joseph decided not to focus on what he had lost or what was wrong, but instead to focus on how God could use him where he was, nothing could hold him back. Nothing could keep him from succeeding. Because for Joseph, it wasn't any longer about what his circumstances were. It was about who his God was. And his God gave him success. And it didn't go unnoticed. Look at verse 4. This pleased Potiphar. So he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. Think about that. This powerful Egyptian official who did not know Joseph's God was watching him. And as he watched him, he saw his attitude. He observed his actions. He saw a young man whose faith in his God and his positive attitude, despite everything that had happened to him, enabled him to lead and to manage this vast estate of this wealthy man with efficiency and with effectiveness and with great success. And here's what I don't want us to miss. If you're a Christ follower... If you profess to know and follow Jesus Christ, whether you know it or not, people are watching you. They're watching you. They're watching your attitudes. They're observing your actions. They're looking to see if your attitude is positive and joyful and victorious or if it's negative and pessimistic and downcast. They're looking to see whether your faith really matters or not. They're looking to see if this Jesus thing you talk about really matters and makes a difference. And for Joseph, his faith mattered. Verse 5, from the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. All his household affairs ran smoothly, and his crops and livestock flourished. From a slave in shackles sold at an auction to the administrator of a wealthy official's vast estate, there were two keys, I believe, in Joseph's outlook on life and faith. A positive attitude and faithful diligence create a pathway for God's blessings to flow to us. 
I want to tell you a story. Years ago, a man in Kentucky was sitting on his front porch waiting for his first Social Security check to arrive. He had retired from the U.S. Postal Service, and uh, he was sitting there, and he was discouraged and uh, downcast, and he thought, is this what my life is going to be? I'm just going to be sitting on the front porch waiting for a check to come? And he decided he just wasn't satisfied with that, that life could be better than that. And so he began to to think, okay, what, what do I have going for me? What do I have the ability to do that, that maybe nobody else? And he made a long list, and on that list he remembered that he was the only one who knew his late mother's recipe for fried chicken. And he loved her fried chicken. In fact, he remembered that she made it with 11 herbs and spices. So he went to a nearby restaurant and he asked if he could have a job cooking fried chicken for them. And they hired him. And so he began to cook the chicken. And you know what? It turned out to be the favorite menu item at that restaurant. And people came from the entire area to eat his fried chicken. And pretty soon he decided he should open up his own restaurant. And he did. And it flourished. And he opened up several more. And before you knew it, Harlan Sanders owned Kentucky Fried Chicken franchises all over America and all over the world. And he, he stayed with the company until he sold it for a fortune. And then he remained as a consultant in the PR department until his death in 1980. And I tell you that story because I want you to see in his life that his positive attitude and faithful diligence turned a winter of his life into a spring. You know, there are a lot of things going on. The pandemic, the economy, many are troubled about the election You've got stuff going on in your life. Yeah, this is probably a winter season. But will we learn from Joseph that we don't have to stay in winter? That it can be a spring if we choose for it to be a spring. So here's what I want to challenge you to do. Here are the two next steps. Number one, embrace the truth that spring is more a state of mind than a set of circumstances. It's more a state of mind than a set of circumstances. Instead of fixating on the things you can't change, focus on what you can change with God's help. Focus on what can be different when your attitude is surrendered to the Lord. And I promise you, That leads to spring. And so the second is this. If your negativity and pessimism is keeping you stuck in perpetual winter, then I want to challenge you to submit to God your attitude for an attitude adjustment. Can I just tell you camping out in winter is a bad idea? (laughs) It just gets colder and more difficult. Don't spend your life sitting on the front porch freezing, 
waiting for a check. But instead, serve your God. Your God is bigger than your circumstances. He can turn a winter of any Christ follower's life into a spring because any season of our life can turn to spring if we'll bloom where God plants us. So pray with me. Father, it's a simple message. It's a simple concept. But for Joseph, it was not a simple issue. He could have so easily sunk down into a pit of despair that was deeper than the well he'd been pulled out of to be sold as a slave. But instead, he chose to believe that you were behind all of it, that you had a purpose. And Lord, anything that happens in our lives is not contrary to what you have decided to allow, even the difficult things. Lord, in the span of eternity, the deepest struggles of this life will seem for just a brief moment. So, Father, help us, whatever we are going through, whatever we are experiencing, to believe that you are still in control. Nothing has wrenched out of your hands the sovereign purpose and plan that you have for us as your people. So I pray, Lord, if there's anyone here today, one of your followers who needs to be able to change their attitude to faith and trust and optimism in Christ, I pray that they would do that this morning that they would not get stuck in a winter season of life. Thank you for your faithfulness and goodness to our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week.